Welcome to Rewished, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free. So we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season three. I'm your host, Jess Sabanko. And I'm your host, Mia Sobanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing Season 3, Episode 15, Just Harried. It originally aired on February 22nd, 2001, and had 5.89 million viewers. All right, great. Just Harried sounds like an important episode to me. We made it, you guys. Something big is happening here. Yeah, it's a definitely a big deal episode. Although I never quite understand why it's called just Harry. Like what um, what the analogy honestly, is? I don't either. Usually <laughs> I know, but this time I actually don't know the answer to that question. Yeah, like usually it plays into something that happens in the episode, but like what the hell does this play into the episode? Anyways, let's get right into the episode. Yeah. So it starts out at the manor, and it's we're downstairs, and it's nighttime. Prue and Phoebe are setting up this flower arch, and we see Grams as, like, a ghost she's see-through, um, is directing them and telling them that a wedding is about victory, and it's a conquest. And Phoebe's like, and here I thought weddings were supposed to be romantic. And then Grams says, oh, my dear sweet child. And then Prue crosses the arch off her checklist and starts yawning. And then Phoebe tells her that she needs to get some sleep and says that she's been yawning all day. And Prue's like, try all week. It's this reoccurring dream I keep having. It's keeping me awake. And Phoebe's like, what's the dream? And Prue says that there's this biker guy and he's kind of cute and kind of dangerous. And Phoebe's like, oh, he sounds kind of yummy. And then Piper comes down the stairs and looks around at the decorations and the cake and says that it's beautiful and that the only thing missing is mom. And asks Grams if she can do anything about, like, maybe sending mom down or their mom down. And Grams says that she can't do anything for that. And the only reason that she's able to be there is because they need a high priestess for the ceremony. And then Phoebe brings out a picture of their mom and says that she was hoping that that could help Piper. And Prue pets Piper's hair and asks if she's all right. And Piper says that she can't believe how close she came to sabotaging her own wedding. She says, with the demons and the false starts and them, I told myself if one more thing went wrong, then it just maybe wasn't meant to be. And Gramps is like, oh, darling, there's no need to think that way. I mean, you made it. And Prue's like, yeah, and I will personally butt kick any demon who tries to ruin it for you. And then she starts yawning as she's saying it. And Phoebe's like, not if you're asleep, you won't. Come on, I'm tucking you in. And then Prue and Phoebe go upstairs, and then, um, like, this slow version of the wedding march plays in the background, and Graham says, I'll see you at four tomorrow, Miss Hallowell. The women keep their names in this family. And then she winks, and Piper smiles, and Graham teleports out, and then Piper looks up and sighs. So I feel like this is such a cute, genuine intro, like, such a family moment. I, I loved it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think this is really sweet. I mean, I love the little, like, you know, Grams and Phoebe, like, 
exchange here about like weddings being about like a victory because I mean when we think about it we've seen Piper and Leo struggle all season to get to this point of actually being able to get married so that's definitely what it is seriously this is like finally winning the battle you know like winning a war (laughs) (laughs) that's what this feels like I feel like we've been waiting for this moment to happen for so long even as the viewers you know like well, we had all the issues with the elders and demons in between and just everything going wrong that possibly could for them. And we already know how against Magic Piper is. Not against, I mean, just like how much she's struggled with magic interfering with her life. And I can only imagine how she would be feeling in this moment where she finally gets something that she actually deserves and has been trying so hard to achieve, you know? Yeah, exactly. So happy for her. I think it's a cute moment. I love that we have Grams there. Like, Grams is always iconic. (laughs) Yes, it's so great to have her in an episode. And I'm also really loving, you know, the way she's really, like, protective of kind of, like, Piper in this moment. And the idea of, like, oh, like, the women in this family keep their names. Like, we know that Patty did, so obviously that's ongoing here. Right. And I would assume it has something to do with the you know, family line. Although I was questioning that when I saw it, because at the same time, it's like, oh, if the women in this family keep their names, then why isn't it Warren? I think that like Graham's (laughs) kind of started that tradition. Like, I think that's what it's implying is she was the first one to do that. Because we even know like that like Piper is her own great-grandmother, right? Based on the family tree. So like her past right. life is her great-grandma. So her last name was also different. So it was probably Grams who started that tradition of like keeping her last name and then wanted her daughter and her granddaughters to do the same. Fair enough. Yeah, I guess that makes sense, but it's just funny. I love seeing Grams and like, we've even always got this idea from her of like the matriarch. You know, she is the top dog of the family, basically and very stubborn and everything and I I love seeing that and the fact that like she started this tradition for them and has her own opinions and is like oh this is what's going on I love the energy that she brings to this family it cracks me up no me too and I kind of see Grams because like if we think about Grams's era like she was probably you know coming up in like the late 50s the 60s the 70s somewhere around that point no earlier because earlier than uh, the girls were born in the 70s so she must have been coming up 50s 60s so this was like kind of early feminism then like her kind of keeping her name and all that yeah you're right she kind of was like a part of that big movement it almost seems like because before then you would think someone from her era it's more like oh the husband the husband but she's very much like no the women we are you know, we are the power of the family. We are the power of everything. <laughs> That's the vibe that Grams gives off. And I kind of love that. I love that whole feminist role that she plays, you know, yeah, subtly, but you can definitely notice it. Definitely. And I mean, you know, we're kind of setting up something with Prue's tiredness here, the repetitive dream. I kind of wonder where that's going to go. Definitely curious. And if we know this show, then we know that the first scene is going to kind of lead us into what the rest of the episode is going to be about. So whatever's going on with Prue's tiredness in her dream, I assume it's going to be important for this episode. Yeah, I'm kind of agreeing. And something about her <laughs> saying that 
you know, she'll take care of anything that tries to get in Piper's wedding's way tells me that something's going to happen here. Yeah, it almost seems a little foreshadowy. Yes, definitely. So then we're in Prue's room and we see her tossing and turning in bed. Then we like go into her dream and we're at this like bar pool hall type of place and Prue's wearing a denim jumpsuit. She looks hot as fuck. And she's playing pool against this random guy and she beats him and tells him that he owes her $20. And he tells her that he never agreed to a bet. But then this guy who we find out is named TJ walks over and tells him that the rules of the house are that loser pays $20 and is like threatening to fight him. So the guy hands Prue the money and she smiles and thanks him. Then she kind of turns to TJ and she's like, so I suppose you want something for helping me. And he's like, you could say that. And she's like, you'll have to win it just like the rest of them. He says, maybe I should just take it and like grabs her. She says, maybe you should leave me alone. You have no idea who you're dealing with. He says, maybe you should show me. And she kisses him. It's like kind of the intro to a really bad porno going on in this scene. (laughs) Well, whatever. So they kiss and then he apologizes for being late and she tells him that she has to go because she has responsibilities. And he says that that's what she says every night. And she says, TJ, I would love to leave my responsible half behind, but I can't. He says, you can. What are you going to miss tomorrow? Work? Blow it off. There's a freedom that comes with making your own choices. I know. She says, yeah. And I want to know what that's like, but And she kisses him and, like, grabs his face, then walks away. And he yells after her and says, the least you could do is tell me your name. Ugh. Kind of hot, but also kind of cringy. Like, (laughs) it feels like such a, like, stereotypical, like, oh, like, the bad guy in the, you know, at the bar and the bad girl at the bar and they meet up with each other. Like, it's just, it's really funny. But I do kind of like the vibe they got going on. Yeah. In the like stream. It's, there's something about them that I like, but it also, it feels like a dream. Like, it doesn't feel like genuine conversations to me. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and that whole little, like, back and forth banter, joking around is, like, hysterical to me. Because, don't get me wrong, it's kind of, like like, cute in a joking way. But, like you said, it just immediately reminded me of like the intro to like a porno (laughs) it was really funny like one of the shittiest ones you know it's it's so good it's so good I think that's like it's just bad dialogue kissing out of nowhere (laughs) like it's like (laughs) that's almost what makes it better I don't know it's no I enjoy it don't get me wrong but it's like (laughs) this is not like quality television happening in that scene (laughs) It's like, it's definitely a dream. I'll tell you that. Give you that. that. All right. So, so far we got this dream where we got this handsome dude and Prue's being somebody different here. Like, this is not the Prue that we know. No, this is a very, like, it's bringing me back to um, which Prue is it anyway, And when we saw that, like, sexy, fun Prue, like, that's who this is reminding me of. Yeah, me too. The the blue sweater Prue. Yes. Where she's a little more, like, I don't give a fuck. And, like, the fun, sexier, more dangerous side of Prue that I feel like 
we've always noticed that she kind of holds in a lot Mm -hmm. and we only see bits and pieces of that from her every now and then you know yeah and I mean it's kind of cool to see her in this light it really is yeah and I'm definitely interested to see like what's going on with this dream I know obviously it's important if we're seeing all this so I'm definitely excited to see where this is going with all this dream nonsense and I mean obviously it's got to be something supernatural because even though it seems very mortal you know like no powers are involved or anything the fact that it's even being shown shows that it's going to be something important and you know they're going to relate it to something supernatural of course of course because it wouldn't be charmed if they didn't so then outside of the bar still in the dream Prue walks out and the guy from earlier that she was playing pool with approaches her and says, hey, you got my money? And she says, hey, you have a good memory. And he laughs and says, maybe I'll just take it out and trade. Come here and goes to like grab her. And then she kicks him and he gets up and she picks up this stick and hits him with it. And then she starts like fading away kind of and says no I don't want to go again and then she astro projects back out and then we see her in Prue's room wake up and like we see Prue wake up and gasp so kind of interesting here we see this guy being absolutely disgusting with her why is Prue so frequently getting sexually assaulted in this show because men like to challenge themselves against women that seem put together you know women that they that women that show that they're like oh i can fuck you up like i don't care you're not gonna get to me i feel like that's like a real thing where men try to come after women like that you know yeah like they want to like, like they knock wanna... her down a peg yeah she's like, comes across as like powerful it's so gross and it's it's disgusting but it's so real like these things actually happen and it's disgusting because it's like of course he wouldn't just like come after the money he's of course gonna make like a pass at her and be really i know like the most gross pass you could ever see where he's like maybe i'll just take it out and trade come here like she's just gonna be like oh okay and like hop on to him like it's disgusting i yeah definitely deserve to get hit with a stick oh my god yeah i would have done the same thing would have pulled the mace out immediately after one punch (laughs) but you know obviously we see that it's all just a dream because she wakes up and gasps, but it is a little bit telling that she, like, astral projected out of the dream. Yeah, and also the way she's like, no, I don't want to go. Like, yeah, something a little strange, maybe supernatural is going on there. Right. Like a coming back to reality kind of thing. It almost seems a little too realistic. And I think that she, or at least, uh, real prue not dream prue kind of notices that like yeah. oh this feels so real what's going on so i have a feeling that's gonna have something to do with <laughs> the big bad yeah i'm guessing that too so after that we have the theme and then we go back to the manor and it's morning now we're in piper's bedroom she's sleeping and she hears like a jingly noise and wakes up And there are orbs above her and like all these rose petals appear on the bed. And she sits up and smiles and is like picking them up. 
And then Phoebe walks in with a breakfast tray and Piper's so happy. Phoebe's like, Piper, it's your wedding day. And they're both all smiley and Phoebe like jumps on the bed and they're playing with the flowers. Then Piper calls for Prue to come join them. And she walks in and Piper like throws some flowers at her and Phoebe asks if she had another bad dream. Prue says, yeah, I was still in that biker bar, but this time I was attacked by a big gloop. And Piper gets serious. She's like, what is that? You fought a demon in your sleep? I'm going to have to vanquish a demon in my wedding dress. Tell me, because if so, then, and Prue cuts her off. She's like, he was not a demon. He was just a big, rude guy. And Phoebe says, and it was just in her dreams, honey. Prue says, yeah, and the only thing I need to vanquish him is a potion called coffee. Then the doorbell rings, and Prue says it must be the flowers, so she goes to get it. And Phoebe says that she's going to start a bath for Piper, but Piper still looks, like, really worried. So I love, like, the whole romanticness of this scene. Even though, again, it's a little cringy with Piper, like, throwing flowers in the air and sniffing them. But it's absolutely adorable because, you know... You and I are both a sucker for Piper and Leo's love. And they're like, a little moments like this. And I um, love the moments because, like, we know that the girls kind of, like, lost their childhood in a way from, like, lose, not having a family and, like, everything that happened to them growing up. So I love the moments where we see them acting like kids. Like, it always makes me happy. So I love seeing, like, Piper, like, playing and having a good time. And it's so sad that, like, of course, something serious has to go down with, like, Prue's dream and, like, what's going on there. And Piper, of course, always being worried like she is because that's her nature. Yeah. It's nice because it still fits into her whole, like, it, it fits into the way they portray her personality and the way that Piper is. You know, very much, like you said, a worried person, always concerned and kind of never fully willing to let herself be happy mm-hmm. and here you kind of see that too because even though like she starts off so excited and everything the slightest thing is like oh my god it's ruined like I- i'm gonna have to vanquish a demon something's gonna go wrong and it sucks so bad that that has to be what goes through her head not that it's not understandable it's just like it sucks because she deserves a lot more than that and i think that we've noticed that piper is a freaking bad bitch yeah and she kind of doesn't see that about herself with the whole insecurities and always just being concerned about everything. And even on her wedding day, it is sad that she has to deal with that. But, you know, they're trying to tell her like, nope, no, it's just a dream. It's not a big deal. Like, relax. And she is trying to go along with it. But I think a part of her still feels like, oh, God, something's going to happen, you know? Yeah. It's like things can only be so good for so long in their world, so... And it sucks because they all kind of have had that experience. But Piper, I feel like, is the one who feels that, in a sense, the most. Where it's like, I can only be happy for so long because something's always going to go wrong. Like, nothing's ever going to go right all the way. Like, we're either going to have to fight a demon or something in the real world is going to go on or like this and that, you know. She's just so concerned all the time. And it kind of makes me sad for her. Yeah. It's one of those things about Piper that, like, really reminds me of myself (laughs) yeah just the overthinking is ridiculous with her as a lot of people can relate to although maybe not in a supernatural way like she does exactly our problems are more of metaphorical demons than (laughs) inner demons (laughs) exactly 
But yeah, anything else to add there? You know, just the way that Prue and Phoebe kind of have this way of like trying to calm Piper and as we'll see a little later, whatever it is, they want to handle it on their own to kind of protect Piper from it today, which I think is very sweet. I think it's really sweet too. It's very sisterly, the lengths that they're going to try to make this day as special for her as possible, especially knowing that she can't have like the Cinderella wedding that she always wanted. So I think that it's really sweet that they're still trying to be there for her and trying to avoid any way of, you know, making any issues for her at all. Yeah, exactly. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So now it's the, you know, same morning and we are back at the biker bar. This time it's not a dream, though. And the cops are outside taking pictures of this dead body. And it just so happens to be the guy that Prue was fighting with in her dream. And the cops are talking to people. And then the security footage on a TV inside shows Prue hitting him with the stick. But it kind of like, like is out of camera past that. And then a cop is interviewing TJ and is like, oh, is that the woman that you were with last night? And he's like, yeah, so what? And the cop's like, so what's her name? And he says, I don't know. And he's like, so you stick her your tongue down her throat, but you don't know her name. And he's like, is that against the law? And the cop's like, look, I appreciate you trying to protect your girlfriend from murder charges. And he says, she's no murderer. And then the bartender turns and says, you sure about that, son? And the detective turns and says, you know something? And he says, I know what happened. Saw it with my own eyes. And says that Prue is the killer. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, first of all, I just got to say, love that tj doesn't even know her name and is willing to like stick up for her like oh this whole bad boy shit it could work so well with prue i don't know why but that connection could work for me yeah and i mean you know what he knows that snitches get stitches so he's not about that lifestyle you could tell he's not that guy (laughs) but also it's so funny when the guy's like because that's literally something i would say like you stick your tongue down her throat but you don't know her name like fair yeah to you maybe (laughs) sorry i don't make out with randos my bad yeah we're on we're on different wavelengths with that one (laughs) (laughs) jess is jess is the prude of the family (laughs) i I don't think anyone's surprised to hear that if they listen to this podcast (laughs) from the beginning (laughs) At this point, if people can't already tell, then that's on them. (laughs) But yeah, it's a little shocking because the fact that video footage is showing that Prue was actually at the bar. So it wasn't just a dream. Yeah. And also, I mean, the fact that the bartender is like, I saw it. It was her. A little suspicious. A little suspicious. Saw it with your own eyes. A little weird, though, that the cops were there this whole time and they had yet to interview the bartender. They just automatically jumped to like, oh, there's this guy she was kissing, but let me not talk to the bartender who was serving her or was there all night watching. Like, I don't know. No, literally. Isn't, wouldn't that be the first person you interviewed? And like, also, is TJ just still there? Like, did I know, he not he go home? Home? <laughs> He just never left the bar. I don't even are there it's a 24 hour bar I guess I guess and also like when exactly did the murder happen like was the bar still open like did they keep everyone there all night to do interviews like I'm just confused about the timeline here 
there's a lot that I don't know. <laughs> there's a lot like that they were like, wait a minute, sense. a crime was committed. No one's going anywhere. Yep. Pretty much. That's what it seems like, I guess. <laughs> That's crazy. Either that or like TJ just lives at the bar. I don't know. But yeah, no, uh, looking forward to how that goes because now what proves a suspect of murder? Yeah. How's that going to play out? We shall see. We shall. So then we're back at the manor and we're in the kitchen. Phoebe's telling Prue that she found Melinda Warren's blessing cup from her wedding in the attic. So that could be the something old to give to Piper. Prue checks it off the list and says the only thing left is to set up the buffet table. And Phoebe says that Cole can help and he's going to be there any minute. And Prue says, you're kidding, right? And she's like, no, you knew he was coming to the wedding. She says, yeah, to the wedding. Phoebe, but the moments leading up to the wedding belong to family. And I'm sorry, but Cole is not family, okay? He is still a demon. And I don't think Piper needs a demon. And then they hear Piper scream and run out of the room. Yeah, here we go with the whole Prue, Cole, and Phoebe dynamic. Yes. So, I mean, I do respect, though, that even though she's not accepting of Cole, she's still not really judging Phoebe for being with him, even though you can obviously sense little bits and pieces of that. Like, even here, she's like, okay, but, like, we can only take it so far, you know? Like, all right, I get it, you're going to be with him, but let's not take it to this extreme yet. Yeah. And maybe it's one of those, like, she doesn't think that Phoebe and Cole are going to end up together, so she doesn't want him in all the photos and stuff. <laughs> I Listen, that would be me. That would be the first thought that goes through my head. Honestly, that's the thought that goes through my head with anything. Like, when I take pictures with family while I have a boyfriend or something, I'm like, okay, let's take some with him, and then, like, let's take some without him, because... <laughs> Just in case. No. I feel like you have to do that at a wedding, though, especially if it's like a newer relationship, because it's like, these are the photos you're going to have forever. And you don't want some random guy that your sister dated for three weeks in your photos. Literally, like, I'd be like, okay, bring me like one with him. But then like, let's also get a couple without. <laughs> I'd be on the same page. That would be exactly what's going through my head. Could be, could be the case. Although I do think Prue has a couple more or a couple more serious concerns than that oh of course of course but that you know that's kind of the more relatable version of what she's going through here. agreed <laughs> definitely agree <laughs> and but then, also of course, cute that they have something of melinda warren's yeah i love that they found that her little blessing cup that is so cute yeah and then of course why is piper screaming <laughs> yeah maybe we'll find out find out right now so then it cuts to the stairwell and Piper is in a robe and her hair is in curlers and she's like ducking and hiding. And we see Leo standing there like on the other side of the railing for the stairs and Piper's like, it's bad luck to see the bride's dress before the wedding. And he's like, but you're not even wearing your dress. And she's like, well, the same rules apply to the bride's curlers. Go away. And she runs up the stairs and it's like a little cute moment between them. And then Prue and Phoebe walk in and Prue's like, oh, good, you're here. And he says that he was looking for a place to change. And Prue's like, uh, what's with the robe? Because he's got one in his hand and he's all smiley about it. And he's like, oh, it's my formal white lighter wear. 
And Phoebe takes it and tells him, like, great, but we run to Jewtox instead. And he looks kind of sad about it, but they're both just like, absolutely not. And then Victor walks in the front door and Phoebe runs over to hug him. And then him and Leo say each other's name, like, like, oh, Victor, Leo, <laughs> very kind of bluntly. Um, and he goes over to hug Prue. And then Prue says, well, I know you two have a lot of joy and laughter to share, so I'll just take you down. And then she, like, cuts herself off and grabs her head and starts to sit back on the stairs and says that she's having a dizzy spell and that she's been getting them ever since the dreams began. And then Leo starts asking her about it and she starts to say, but then she turns and realizes like, oh shit, I don't want to ruin the wedding. And she's like, uh, it's nothing. And Phoebe tells Leo and Victor to follow her and tells Prue to just relax. And then they go follow Phoebe and Prue kind of covers her eyes and tries to get less dizzy. Yes. Um, so I love this. Um, a lot of fun here with the whole Piper and Leo moment. And then, you know, the leo's robe moment like it's very cute it's very like fun <laughs> yeah it's very entertaining for sure also with the piper and leo moment i love that we're getting kind of like a throwback to piper's superstitious nature from season one so i loved seeing that right yeah we are seeing that in here i forgot that we kind of had that moment from her before it's kind of adorable yeah yeah but i was gonna say too the when victor comes in i i love that like I like that they kind of keep him going and don't just like not have him involved in the wedding or never see him again after um the last episode. What was the last time we saw him? Ice cream? The ice cream episode? No, we saw him literally last episode in The Good, The Bad, and The Curse too. Oh my God. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So he's like been coming around more consistently and I love that, you know, they're starting to build a relationship. We see Prue even a little like much more open to him and happy to see him like this it makes me happy that they're finally having this relationship with victor you know yeah me too me too and then of course we still have that little uh resentment or beef between leo and victor too that you can kind of see right off the bat ever since he found out that he was a white lighter so i don't looking forward to see how that goes with them Yes, and I love how Prue's just kind of like, oh, like, I know you guys are so happy to be around each other, like, so funny. <laughs> I feel like that would be me to just make some sort of, like, unfiltered comment like that and just, like, <laughs> not mind my business. Like, where I'd just be like, well, you two seem like you really are having so much fun right now, so let's get you guys alone together. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, her not wanting to show whatever's going on because she doesn't want to ruin the day but obviously something really is wrong and she's starting to realize it more and more like okay I think something's actually happening like it doesn't feel like just a dream anymore just like a something to brush off anymore yeah exactly so then we cut to the basement and Leo and Victor are walking down and Leo's tux is hanging there and then Phoebe tells them to get dressed and no fighting and Victor's like, so you rented a tux, huh? I thought for sure you'd be wearing one of those long robes all you white lighters love so much. And he says, no, I decided to go a little more traditional. <laughs> I mean, this is just a stupid scene, but absolutely comical to me. Because <laughs> he was going to wear the goddamn robe. <laughs> 
And he just wants to seem like that guy. This is so perfect. I love it. It's so funny. Like, oh no, I wanted to be traditional. Like, did you now? Because <laughs> five seconds ago, you were smiley about a robe. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I just love that line. Those long robes you white lighters love so much. I know. Decided to go a little more traditional. <laughs> the chemistry really between these two actors, like the way they play off each other is so funny. And I love this scene so much. Like you said, so unnecessary to the plot, but so funny. Yeah, just got to throw in that comedic element every now and then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so back in the stairway, Prue is still sitting on the steps and Phoebe walks back over to her and says, okay. We have everyone convinced that we have things under control. Now you have to convince me. And Prue's like, I can't do that. And Phoebe's like, I know. What are you feeling? And she says, tired all the time. I mean, when I fall asleep, my dreams are so real that they don't allow me any rest. It's like I'm awake 24 hours a day. And Phoebe's like, is the dream sorcerer back? And Prue says, I don't think so, but I'm not ruling anything out. And she's like, well, remember what Piper said, if one more thing goes wrong, she's going to call off this wedding. Prue's like, no, we can't let that happen. Then Phoebe says that she'll take over the checklist and that Prue should get some rest, not to fall asleep, but should get some rest. And Prue goes, and then Phoebe walks over and picks up the picture of their mom and says, like, you know, please help us get through this day. And then she starts going towards the kitchen. Yes. So the one thing I left out of my notes, because I forgot it was going to keep coming up, is just like that they did this little like for Piper thing to kind of- Oh, like, yeah. The, that's going to become right. their little running thing all episode as they keep yeah. the secrets. <laughs> for Piper. For Piper. <laughs> Which, again, adorable. Yeah. And like we were saying a little earlier, like I love this moment, the way they're doing this thing together and, you know, they're hiding it from everyone else. And then Phoebe's like, all right. Now you have to convince me everything's okay because I just made everyone else believe it. But like, what the fuck is going on? Right. Like they're trying to keep it from everyone else and keep it very confined because they don't want to ruin this day. But they obviously both are aware that something serious is happening now. Something that could be supernatural, you know? Yes. And I'm really glad that this isn't one of those episodes where one of the sisters like has something going on and everyone else is just like oh you're imagining it whatever like in the dream sorcerer episode that they just referenced yep exactly again i love when they do little callbacks and you know dream sorcerer episode true i mean here we are with the dreams again and it's relating around prue but yeah no i like i i agree where it's not just like oh it's all in your head like oh you're just overtired like like they would typically do you know yeah also that Phoebe asks her mom for help. That's very cute. Agreed. Totally agreed. So then we go up to Prue's room and we see her lay down and close her eyes. Then we cut to the biker bar and we see Prue astral project in over by like where the payphones are. And then she walks to like the main area. And TJ goes over and tells her that she shouldn't have come back. She's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I spent all morning with the cops. They think you killed a guy and took his money. She's like, no, I, I didn't kill anyone. He's like, good, because that's what I told him. She's like, so then why are you still here? He says, waiting for you. I didn't have your phone number. You never even gave me your name. She says, that is the sexiest thing a man's ever done for me, and kisses him. He says, you keep saying you want to live a life with no rules, no responsibility. This is it, your chance, come on. And they start walking out together 
and a biker like watches them as they're walking out the biker is the same guy you know that right yes oh mm-hmm. i don't know why i wrote a biker there, actually now that i'm looking yeah i was like <laughs> i forgot i referred to him as the bartender before and not the biker if I'm yeah being honest. yeah even before when you said bartender i was like let me roll with it but i'm pretty sure he was just a customer <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyways um again love the little energy between at least this version of prue and tj like they get along really well and i love their dynamic it's so cute you know that whole bonnie and clyde vibe that they're giving off and i mean i don't have too much to say here except that you know it's kind of pushing the plot forward of like okay he still doesn't know who she is but he's on her side and fighting for her and that this is real now you know like she's actually in trouble Mm -hmm. And she doesn't realize that yet, but we do. And obviously this is her kind of like getting filled in on what's going on in the real world, um, even though she still thinks it's her dream. And then, of course, we have the biker, the bartender, whatever I decided to call him in my notes, uh, creeping <laughs> on them. So we know he's up to something suspicious. Exactly. We we got our ideas about that guy. So then outside... The detectives start pulling up in a car right as TJ and Prue get on his bike. And a second cop car pulls up and tell they tell TJ to stop. And even though he's, like, still about to go, Prue tells him not to and he stops. And then she leans in and says, the name's Prue, Prue Hallowell. And she gets off his bike and gets arrested. Then in Prue's room, we cut to her... Uh, or we cut to Phoebe walking in and like trying to wake Prue up and then back outside in the dream Prue gets put into this police car and in Prue's room we see Phoebe again shaking her to wake her up and then in the cop car as the cop walks away Prue's like oh no not again and Astro projects back out and then the cop opens the door and sees just the handcuffs there because she's gone And then in Prue's room, she wakes up and holds her wrists, and she's like, oh, no. (laughs) Like, what the fuck's going on? (laughs) So I love the moment where they're on the bike, and TJ's ready to just, like, go all out, full Bonnie and Clyde, and Prue's like, no, 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 like, bad idea here. He didn't even know her name at the point, and he was ready to just drive off with her, like, with the cops aiming their guns out and everything. Like, all right, TJ, where can I find a guy like that? He's the definition of the ride or die. Talk about ride or die, seriously. <laughs> That's crazy. Aside from that, it kind of, I feel like it's just pushing more of that plot of like, this is real, but they don't think it's real. Yes. And also, I mean, I think we get the idea that Prue kind of realizes it at the end, but like, what is going to happen now that she just astral projected out of her arrest? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, things are going to go south, I can imagine. Yeah. Not very good at hiding magic lately in the show. I know. Surprised they haven't been questioned more yet. No, literally. We're back in Prue's room after the commercial break, and Prue and Phoebe are standing by the windows. Prue says, I was wanted for murder, but this guy in my dream, he risked himself to save me. This sexy guy. And Phoebe's like, Prue, forget the guy. What about the arrest? She's like, right, okay. 
A cop handcuffed me and that's all that I remember, except that I didn't really want to wake up. It's like my dream was overpowering me. Phoebe says, that's what my premonitions feel like. They pull me against my will. She's like, you know, maybe somebody's trying to pull me into a parallel world or a dream dimension. And Phoebe hopes whoever it is will be in the Book of Shadows, and they start walking to go look. And again, they decide not to tell Piper because she'll be okay as long as she stays awake. And again, they're like, for Piper, for Piper. Yeah, again, not too much to say here, kind of just going over what we pretty much just saw. Yeah, kind of them just... Sorry. I was just going to say probably what you were, that... Basically, they're starting to take this a little more seriously and think that it might be something a little more demonic. Exactly, yeah. So, now in the hallway as they're walking to go up to the attic, Piper sees them walking and is like, hey, what's wrong? And Phoebe's like, uh, boy bands, there are just far too many of them, don't you think? And Piper's like, no, what's wrong with you two? And Prue's like, nothing's wrong. And Piper's like, I can see it in your faces. We've been demon hunting for three years now. You're going to the attic, aren't you? And Phoebe says, yes. And Prue elbows her. And she's like, what, Prue? She's on to us. She knows. Yes, Piper, we were heading to the attic to find something old, something new, something borrowed, and something blue. And Prue's like, uh, yeah, we were going to surprise you, but now you caught us. And Piper's like, oh. And Prue's like, I told you, you have nothing to worry about today. It's going to be a demon-free day. And then as she says that, Cole shimmers in right next to Piper. And Piper, like, jumps because he scared her. And he's like, sorry, I'm late. And Piper's like, you were saying. And he goes and kisses Phoebe and says that Azoltar almost spotted him, but he lost him, he thinks. And Piper's like, see, no matter what, a demon will attack today. It's just the natural order of our universe. And Phoebe's like, Piper, you have to stay positive. Then Phoebe offers her a Celine Dion tape to relax her, and Cole says that he will take care of any demons that may come. But Phoebe's like, no, you promised you wouldn't use your powers anymore. And he's like, you're right, and apologizes. And then he throws Piper. He's like, I got you a gift, and throws the box at Piper. And it was, like, really funny. It was. Love the comedic (laughs) elements, again, that they throw in here. Yeah, like, the perfect timing of, like it's gonna be a demon free day there's Cole like yeah and then the throwing the gift like I just love the comedic element that Julian McMahon adds to this scene me too it's so funny now because they almost kind of try to portray him as someone who doesn't know how to be a human like only knows how to be a demon but is trying to be good but it's really funny because we've seen him act very human before like we've seen him be a normal lawyer and be in a normal relationship or like seeming wise like it's funny that now that he's exposed to them he like almost seems like he's got no idea what it's like to be human you know what I mean I think that's more of like when we first met Cole because like we would get little moments of this when he was with Phoebe specifically like I think Cole just has a really goofy personality but like when he was trying to like play that role of like ADA Cole like he was trying to be like super serious and now he's being like more himself which is kind of like how I'm interpreting it yeah I I think yeah you're probably right it's just like really funny to see like such an opposite side of him from the way that we were introduced you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like you totally see the difference when you actually compare it now versus when he was trying to be somebody that he's not you know yeah definitely which it and it's it's funny to me at least 
Yeah, no, me too. Yeah. And also, I mean, of course, we get the them covering up what they're doing, right? And saying, oh, like, we're just doing stuff for the wedding. Like, you caught right. us. <laughs> yeah. No, that was super cute. And I love that they're still, like, despite all of this serious shit that is actually going down, they're still trying really hard to make sure to keep it out of Piper's way because they just want nothing but the best for her. You know, they want her to finally get this moment that yes, she deserves. Exactly. Love that. And also, like, Phoebe, quickly, quick with the lies here. I like it. Better at covering we... things up than we've seen them be in the past. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, we we noticed that she got a little better about that once Cole came back into the picture, or once Cole, once she was pretending that he was dead or something. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> she learned how to lie. So then we cut back to the basement, and I don't know how much time has passed, but it seems like a lot. And for some reason, Victor and Leo are still getting dressed. <laughs> like, Prue took a whole nap. <laughs> yeah, like, Prue had a whole nap. They started looking for the Book of Shadows. Cole arrived. Like, a lot has happened, but they're, they barely started changing. <laughs> and they're, like, facing away from each other and, like, tying up their bow ties and Victor asks if uh, Piper and Leo are going to move out, and he says, not right away. He says, well, just between you and me, isn't that a little tough on the old pride, living off the girls like that? <laughs> and Yikes. Leo's like, look, Victor, I know you don't like the idea of your daughter marrying a white lighter. He's like, I never said that. But now that you mention it, yeah, I'd prefer Piper marry a mortal. He says, well, Piper's not a mortal. She's a witch. She was given her gifts to serve a higher calling. He says, a calling that only people like you could understand, right? That's the same crap my ex-wife's white lighter used to steal her away from me. <laughs> He's like, you know, I'm sorry that happened to you. I really am. But with all due respect, this isn't about you and Patty. This is about me and Piper. And then he turns like towards Victor, but Victor's still facing away. He says, now I love her with all my heart. And I promise to keep loving her and taking care of her for the rest of this life, the afterlife, and whatever comes after that. Now, you may not support it, and you may not agree with it, but it is not going to stop me from marrying your daughter today. Nothing will. And then Victor, like, sighs and turns to face him. He's like, you know, I probably could get used to having a white lighter for a son-in-law. And then Cole walks down the stairs and is like, everybody having fun down here? And, like, does, like, an awkward laugh. And Leo's like, where do you stand on demons? <laughs> <laughs> this whole scene, absolutely love it. Yes. Like, the whole Victor, first of all, trying to play that protective dad like he has any right to say anything about their lives. um, And kind of, like, being a little selfish here, just focusing on his own issues with Patty that he's not willing to see that it's not their relationship. This is Piper and Leo's relationship, you know? Yeah. And Leo, like, actually standing up to him like that, like, we don't see that very... I don't know um assertive side of leo that we get to see right here that often and it makes me really happy that he's sticking up for piper and his love for her and knows that you know no matter what i'm gonna marry your daughter like i love her she loves me and i will do anything to protect her like that is so cute and then victor finally accepting him and it being this whole cute moment and then of course cole walks down and he's like well what about demons? <laughs> it just, yes. it works so well for me in every single way. Yeah. And going back to like the part about, you know, Leo 
defending their love it reminds me too earlier in the season when piper was doing that same thing to the elders right to get them to agree to let them get married and now he's like listen nothing's gonna stop our love story look at everything we've already been through like we we're meant to be together yeah like i think they both do have that faith as much as we see that worry from piper and that concern of like something's gonna go wrong i don't feel that either of them really genuinely in their hearts doubt that they are meant to be together and that their love is so real and so passionate and you know so unstoppable and I, I love it like I love to see that from both of them yeah me too so now up in the hallway we see Prue walk up to Phoebe and saying that she didn't find anything in the book and they're like okay well the wedding's in a half an hour so we're gonna go get ready and get through it and then they do the whole for Piper for Piper and split up and then we cut over to piper's room and we see piper is in her dress putting on earrings looking in the mirror and then she looks down and as that happens patty their mom teleports in behind her and she's like god you're so beautiful and she looks up and she's like mom and turns to her and she's very confused because she's like ghosts are supposed to be transparent and glow but patty looks like a normal person and She's like, oh, well, I'm not a ghost. Not today, anyway. Today, I am simply your mother. After all the elders put you and Leo through, they wanted to give you something back. So they sent me down just for your wedding day. And then Piper's like at a loss for words. And Patty's like, you know, I think I wore my hair like this for my wedding day. Piper's like, you did. I kept your wedding album after you died. And I looked at the pictures every night like bedtime stories. And... Patty's like, I always thought you'd be the first to get married. You're the heart of this family, Piper. And then she holds her hand and they hug and Piper's all teary-eyed. So this is so, so adorable. Precious. Heart moving. Like, I honestly, like when I watched the whole scene, like it kind of made me tear up a little bit. No, because it's just, it's so sweet. And like the way she's like, We've seen her, like, in the last couple episodes, so desperate to have her mom involved in the wedding. And now, like, she did her hair like how her mom did for her wedding. Like, it's just, it's the cutest thing. The most adorable moment, I swear to God, of this whole episode. Like, uh, the amount that all three of them, all three of the girls show towards their mother. Like, they all, we've all seen different parts of them kind of show that trauma through and the emotion that they genuinely do feel and how much they really miss her and wish that they got to grow up with her like that's such a hard thing to go through and for Piper to be so hellbent on having her mom involved in this wedding and then finally getting that dream in front of her like I can't even imagine how much that would affect her you know like how much that would make her feel in that moment yes yes seems also like an overwhelming feeling it definitely does, but also I just want to point out, like, a little bit unfair that, um, so Piper got their mom's engagement ring, now Piper gets their mom for the wedding, I don't think their mom's gonna be coming back if Phoebe or Prue ever get married. This is true! <laughs> I, I mean, not that we know yet, but I believe that that's true. Because <laughs> it's kind of like the elders are doing this because of everything they put like Piper and Leo through. So unless they end up putting the other sisters through a lot of shit, they're probably not doing this again. Right. They're like, well, we did it once. That's more than enough. None of the girls <laughs> really matter like that. They don't got no white lighter. True. Welcome. 
<laughs> but no, it, it's very, very sweet. And yeah. Agreed. Absolutely love it. So then Phoebe and Prue walk in and they're wearing their bridesmaid dresses, which are like these very cute, like hot pink type dresses. And Piper tells them that they sent her. And Patty looks at Prue and says, oh, Prue, it's been so hard on you. Unfair. She's like, yeah, no, it doesn't matter. I just wanted to make you proud. And she says, you protected this family better than I could. I'm so proud of you. And they hug. And then she turns to Phoebe and says, and you, my baby, you feel it all, don't you? I was never there to comfort you. I died before you even knew me. And Phoebe says, some nights I just wanted you to hold me. She says, your road's been the longest, Phoebe, but I was never worried about you because I had a premonition the day you were born. And Piper asks her what she saw. And she says, I saw this moment right now. My three daughters standing before me as beautiful young women, and I knew that everything would be okay. And Phoebe says, what did you see next? She says, I held you. And then she smiles, and they all, like, group hug, and they're all, like, crying, and it's, like, it's just the sweetest fucking thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, this scene. Like, it was honestly so beautiful seeing like even the way patty described each of them it was such a heartfelt moment and just like it felt like not only things that patty has always wished that she could say to them but never had the chance because she wasn't there but also things that i think they all needed to hear from her you know they all had those thoughts of life like phoebe with her dark path that she's gone down, you know, being like the mischievous child probably felt like, oh, I'm disappointing her. Like, you know, she was never there for me, whatever. And then Prue, on the other hand, feeling like, oh, I can't let her down. I can't do this. Like, I hope she's proud of me. And Piper, of course, just missing her all the same as the rest. And all of them like have their own little ways of the way their mom affected them and the fact that Patty's here kind of acknowledging all of those insecurities and issues that they have and then just being there for them it's such a heartfelt moment and it makes my heart like fall apart here like no uh, mine too like I feel like I can't even talk about it because I'm just like literally tearing up right now because like and just the whole like you know that when Phoebe was born she saw this moment and like knew that her daughters were gonna all grow up and like like that is so precious it's so precious this is a a phenomenal moment and all of the actors or I mean actresses here nailed it oh yeah like nailed it it definitely felt so emotional and real to the viewers I think Absolutely. And the one thing I think, you know, we kind of skipped over earlier when she tells like Piper, she's the heart of the family. Like, it's just like, she knows exactly what each of them need to hear, like you were saying. And it just, Mm -hmm. it's so effective. Like it affects the girls and it affects the viewers so much. Yeah, absolutely. Like perfect scene. So after that we move to the dining room and it's a little bit later and we see the room is covered with flowers and grams is telling everyone to get into their places and then the doorbell rings and prue's like don't answer that and then piper from upstairs is like can somebody answer that and prue goes to get it and phoebe follows and at the doorway we see that it's daryl and prue's like hey you're late where were you 
And he's like, trying to save your ass. The police have your picture. You're wanted for murder. They said that you fled custody this morning. And Phoebe's like, oh my god, that was your dream. And then Daryl says, they don't have your name yet, but it's only a matter of time. And then Grams is calling from the other room, and Prue's like, all right, we'll straighten this out after the wedding. And then she's like, all right, for Piper. And Prue's, or I mean, Phoebe says it too. And then they look at Daryl, and Phoebe's like, you're supposed to say for Piper. And he's like, uh, it better be a quick wedding. <laughs> Love that moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here, now it's official. They know for a fact that it's happening in real life, too. They don't know exactly why or what's going on, but it is real. And now they have to try to get through this wedding before handling this crisis in front of them. Yes. Also really funny that, like, they knew that Daryl was supposed to come, but they were just not going to answer the doorbell. I know. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, if you knew that Daryl was coming, then why didn't, like, why was she so, like, hesitant to answer the doorbell? Fuck him. He's late. Don't even open it. <laughs> yeah, like, uninvited. Yeah, forget it. The circumstances have changed. So then we're back in the dining room, and they all go to their places, and Grams tells Victor to move over, and Patty joins. He's like, who brought my ex-wife back from the dead? And Grams is like, not now, Victor. I know you two have issues, but that's what the reception is for. (laughs) (laughs) I love Grams. Amazing. So she starts the music, and Piper starts walking down the stairs. And Victor walks over and takes her arm, and then walks her to Leo, and everyone's smiling. Just then, the front door bursts open, and TJ is there on his motorcycle. He just drives right into the fucking house. (laughs) (laughs) and everything's being knocked over and everyone turns and looks shocked and he crawls Prue's name and then she just passes out and is like oh no and like faints and astral Prue appears wearing the denim outfit and she runs over and gets on the bike and they leave knocking over the wedding cake and Piper is freaking out she's like all right that's it the wedding is off and she takes off her veil and walks out of the room and Phoebe steps over Prue's unconscious body, just like on the ground, and chases after <laughs> Piper. What a, what an incredible scene this was! Like absolutely beautiful, like him just bursting in the door on the stairs. Or I mean, on the into the house. There are stairs. Like how? Like a they... lot of stairs. Get up to their house. We've seen them before. How does he just? How does he just burst into the door? It makes no real sense. And, like, the door, he didn't even, like, crash into the door. And, like, like if that no, actually... No, like, he had to get the... off his bike, open the door, and then... <laughs> it just but made it no look... sense. <laughs> it didn't even look like that. It looked like the doors opened, like, before he even hit That's it. That's what like, I'm saying. Like, he doesn't have him. magic. That shit made no sense at all. But it was absolutely hysterical and iconic. It's one of those things where, like, the dreaminess is bleeding into reality and it, like, low-key doesn't make sense, but is so funny. And also the way, like, did he not see Prue astral project? I was thinking the same thing. I think I, I because I was thinking that in the moment and I was like, oh, if if it doesn't show that he didn't see it, then, like, I'm going to bring that up in the podcast. But I noticed that, like, when she astral projected, it turned and she, like, turned the corner to get to him. 
Oh, okay. So that's why that's why I gave it like a like I gave it a free pass because you could like the wall was kind of in the way and he was yeah. kind of just, like trying to look past. Because I was like, gonna I, say later when it happened, she like hides from him. I was like, but didn't exactly. you already see her do it? Yeah. That's why I like I tried to keep an eye out for that because I knew that was gonna happen and I like looked and I noticed that he that she was kind of not around the corner, but around the wall. Yeah. So, but also, like, did he yeah. think she just did a really quick outfit change then? I, I, I don't. Listen, <laughs> I don't know. She made no sense. I've never seen something so unrealistic in my entire life. Like, that was phenomenal. <laughs> yes. But also, of course, there's the irony of Prue saying earlier in the episode that she'd kick anyone's ass who tried to ruin Piper's wedding and now she had to be Piper's the one. wedding. Yep. Absolutely TJ loved it. <laughs> the the foreshadowing, you know, coming to light. So now in the entryway, Piper is putting on this jacket and Phoebe comes up after her and she's like, "Piper, you can't just leave." And she's like, "Yes, I can. A demon I could have handled, but my big sister ru- ruining my wedding, I cannot handle that." And Phoebe's like, okay, just listen to me for one second. All we have to do is just find a way. And Piper cuts her off. And she's like, no, no, I don't want to have to find a way to get married on my wedding day. It's just too hard. There must be a reason. And then Leo walks over to them. And Piper's like, Leo, I'm sorry, but this is just the final straw. It's just not meant to be. And she leaves. And then Phoebe and Leo look at each other, like, kind of sad. Oh... Poor Piper. See, we knew that she had these ideas in her head this whole time. And it just like, it really sucks that she had to just feel it so hard in that moment and then turn to the love of her life and tell him, I'm sorry, but it's just not going to happen anymore. Yeah. Not because of anything between the two of them, just because of how difficult it's been. Like, that is so sad. And I get it because it's like at every turn, the universe gets in their way. And it's like, even at this moment where things were supposed to be perfect. I mean, this is the second wedding where someone ruined it. I mean, first they're like blowing Leo up into orbs and now Rue is ruining her wedding. And I totally get her point. She's like a demon I could have handled. My big sister ruining my wedding? Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, that's a feeling you could never understand, but... (laughs) It would have to be my little sister ruining my wedding. <laughs> I've got enough big sisters where where I could say that. You want me to uh, pre-plan to ruin your wedding just so you could have that moment? <laughs> just so I could feel that exact same uh, moment of disappointment. <laughs> no, but seriously, that I totally, like you said, understand her point and where she's coming from. Like, it just seems like everything has gone wrong nothing has gone smooth for them and it's so hard and like especially for Piper who's someone who just like wants nothing more than to have a normal life and has wanted that from the start of the show you know like it's so devastating to see her have to go through this and feel that feeling of like I'm never gonna have what I actually want you know Mm -hmm. like that feeling of nothing's ever gonna work out for me yeah And that's so sad, you know? Absolutely. So then back in the living room, uh, Victor puts Prue on the couch and everyone's in there. And then Phoebe and Leo walk in and Phoebe says, I've never seen Piper so defeated. 
and she starts trying to wake Prue up, but Patty tells her that a part of Prue wanted to escape and used her astral self to do it. And then Graham says, if the wedding's off, I have to go. I'm only here to conduct the ceremony. I'm sorry. And then she teleports out. And Victor says, maybe Piper's right. Maybe the wedding just wasn't meant to be. And Patty's like, Victor. He's like, all I'm saying is maybe the gods are trying to spare them the pain that we went through. Leo says, no. All I need is what's inside of me to know that Piper and I are meant to be together. Oh, my heart. Phoebe says, Piper and Leo's love has touched us all. We have to fix this. Then Daryl's beeper goes off. How 90s. And he tells them that Prue is wanted for murder and he has to go. And Phoebe's like, it's obviously a mistake. Prue wouldn't murder anybody. And Cole's like, are you sure? I mean, Prue's astral form seems to have taken on a life of its own. How do you know she didn't do it? And Phoebe's like, because I know her. At least I think I do. And Leo says Victor and Patty should find Piper. And Phoebe should look in the book. And him and Cole are going to do some investigating. And they're like, we've got a wedding to save. And they all go off. So first question, uh, what happened to Leo not being allowed to work with demons? Tell me about it. We just had this conversation. What, it, that was either what, last episode last or episode. episodes ago? Last episode, they're saying, oh, I, I'm not allowed to work with demons. And now all of a sudden you can? Interesting. So when it was to save Phoebe's life, you couldn't work with demons. But when it's to save your wedding... Then you can. Team up with a demon right now. Yeah, very nice, Leo. How considerate of you. We're seeing those <laughs> priorities once again. <laughs> I mean, all of this, this whole moment, I love it. Like, the whole family kind of coming together and having this conversation. Everyone being involved. Daryl just kind of throwing in there, like, oh yeah, Prue's one for murder. I'm out of here, though. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Iconic. just not not explaining anything about it. Just like, oh, yeah, Prue's one for murder. Gotta go. See ya. Like, what? He's like, I have no more lines. I'm out of here. <laughs> They're not paying me for this shit. So. <laughs> that was perfect. And then, I mean, I will say, though, Phoebe and Leo standing up for, like, Piper and Leo's love. And then Leo being the one to, like, take action here. Being like, all right you guys are gonna do this you're gonna do this and we're gonna go do this like i love that we never see yeah. that from leo i never see leo take charge like that it was sexy yeah it was it really was like okay leo do this more often maybe the girls wouldn't fucking reject you so much and your ideas if you just maybe he wants to but he just knows they're gonna be like uh no <laughs> yeah he's like scared they're gonna team team up on him <laughs> but it's so nice because like, I feel like we're seeing this side of Leo because it's something that's so important to him. You know what I mean? Like, his love for Piper means so much that he's willing to be so out of character in order to save their love, you know? And I love yeah. seeing that for him. And just the line, all I need is what's inside of me to know that me and Piper are meant to be. I know. That is precious. That sounds like, like just so beautiful i'm like oh. that's like my dream yeah. i like, feel like that's how i feel about me. people and it's never how anyone's <laughs> felt about me but i really want them to <laughs> i think most people can relate to that honestly <laughs> yeah but they're all gonna go do their own little split up and have their own duties so i'm looking forward to see how all this goes me too 
So then we cut to the biker bar and we see Cole waiting by the phones and then Leo orbs in and Cole's like, interesting place to dream about. And then they walk into the main part of the bar and Cole thinks that someone must have killed him after Prue left. And Leo's like, well, based on the looks of it, the killer could be anybody. And Cole's like, no, very few humans have the heart of a true killer and says that he can sense it when they do. And then he's like, he's gets like this kind of sense about him. And he's like, the murderer is here. Go get Morris. And Leo walks off to go get him. So. First of all, I love Cole just like very much. I love how like blunt and just kind of like, oh, like, well, this is what's happening. (laughs) That he is. While Leo is like looking around everywhere. Also. Like I see in the notes here. That was pretty judgmental of Leo to be like, wow, from the looks of this being a biker bar, anybody could be the killer. Like, judgy. No, I literally feel like everyone I've ever met who's like one of those like stereotypical like biker guys, like one of my friend's dads, are like the nicest people you've ever met. They really are. (laughs) They really are. Like they come across as scary when you first look at them because of like, or not even come across as, but like. It's just, like, the stereotypical, like, oh, biker guy, like, careful. Like, but, like, these are some of the nicest people I've ever met. (laughs) Like, genuinely. But also Um, very interesting. We're learning about a new one of Cole's powers here that he can sense when a human has the heart of a killer. Yeah, I know. It's a little, like, off guard. I wonder if that's just a Cole thing or if it's, like, a demon thing in general, you know? Yeah, I'm also wondering if it's something we'll ever hear about ever again. <laughs> Who knows? Could it possibly be plot sake? <laughs> it's a possibility, I'd say. We all know how the continuity of things goes in this show, especially when it comes to powers. <laughs> yep, we definitely have a couple of inconsistencies that we've seen that I can only imagine will get worse from here. <laughs> <laughs> The only other thing I'll say is that I guess technically they were separate because Cole shimmered in and then Leo orbed in. So they didn't like go in together, which was why I guess in last episode he was like, Cole can't shimmer me somewhere. So I guess he still hasn't violated that rule, even though he is very much working with Cole. Oh, yeah, that's true. I guess because I was going to say, well, even so in the last episode, he could have done that. But no, because Cole can shimmer through um what timelines or different like planes yeah planes yeah and i guess leo can't do that yeah so then we're at p3 and victor and patty are walking down the stairs and patty's saying just let me do the talking you always had a way of saying the wrong thing when they were young he's like wrong according to you you were never open to what i had to say because you wanted to raise them as witches instead of little girls then they see piper sitting at the bar super sad And they walk over to her, and Piper apologizes for letting them down, and Patty says maybe they didn't make it all the way yet, but she doesn't believe that they aren't destined to be together, she says, and I don't think you really believe that either. Piper says, don't I? All I have to do is look at you and Dad to see where I might end up if I marry Leo. I mean, look at the track record. As Hallowells, we are blessed as witches, and we are cursed as women. Sometimes I think we're all just destined to end up alone. And Patty can't, like, find the words to say, but Victor says, you think your mother and I were cursed? She says, don't you? 
He says, honestly, I look back on those days as the best of my life. I loved your mother. She was the best thing that ever happened to me until the three of you came along. She says, but your marriage still didn't last. He says, yeah, and that hurt a lot, but it was our love that gave birth to you and your sisters. Maybe that was my destiny. She says, I'm sorry, I just need to be alone. And she gets up and goes to the back. And Patty says, not bad for a guy who always says the wrong thing. And they smile. And then he says, I just wish I knew that it helped. That was really cute. I love that after seeing Sam and Patty walk off into eternity together, we all of a sudden have like... I know I'm like which couple am I supposed her, to root for right like a cute moment between her and Victor now like what is the show trying to promote here I'm like I don't know which couple I want to to be together like that's what I'm saying it is sweet though that like that is the love that they had for each other you know and it sucks because it I mean it, I mean it's good because it almost shows like that realistic side of things where things aren't always what they seem from the outside like from anyone else especially the girls it almost seems like oh their dad just abandoned them and never cared and this and that but then we see him here coming back like you know things didn't go the way that any of us expected them to but that doesn't mean that I didn't love you guys or love your mother any less than I did you know and it's like it's hard to see those things even in real life when it comes across as different way like until you see like hey this is actually how I'm feeling and this is actually what's going on it like it's hard to acknowledge that you know like yeah. I feel like until this moment Victor was portrayed much differently yeah or the past couple of times we've seen him at least yeah and I think we definitely have been getting this sense the last few times that like he did truly love Patty and like never really moved on from her and I like the way that this kind of shows that like just because a relationship ends just because there are issues doesn't mean that that love story wasn't genuine. Um, and right. even though Patty like moved on and went on to have another love story, it doesn't seem that Victor did. Um, and I think that's where a lot of his jealousy with the Patty and Sam story kind of like comes into play because it doesn't really seem like he ever moved on from their relationship, which is really sad. And, you know, kind of the way he obviously looks back on, like, their time together as the best of his life. I mean, it makes it so much harder to think about the fact that he did abandon his family when he feels that way. Right. No, I definitely agree. It doesn't. I think that you can also kind of see that guilt that he's had and that emotion that he feels towards them. Like, like you're saying, it, it, it is him abandoning his family I think that it does make him feel bad and things didn't go down the way that everybody thinks, you know? Yeah. Or almost the way it seems. Also, I mean, I think it's really easy as like someone who didn't have parents together to relate to what Piper's going through here because I think a lot of people, you model relationships based on what you've seen in your life. And sometimes that has to be only fictional stories because you haven't seen those real healthy couples in real life. And so getting this idea that, you know, like, it feels like we're all destined to end up alone. Like, I get that feeling sometimes. So, like, I really relate to this moment of, like, well, maybe I'll never have a love story because I've never seen that in front of me. Right. No, and, like, I definitely if, you know, agree. my parents couldn't have this, how can I? I agree with you. I I definitely see that as someone who also didn't have parents that 
we're together, you know? It's easier to feel that way, at least I've noticed. So I think it's something that anyone who's been through anything similar can relate to. But, you know, that doesn't mean that it's true. And it does suck that she feels the need to compare those relationships because, I mean, not that that's all she's ever known, but historically in her own family, that's all she's ever really seen. Yeah. So what else is she to really think is going to happen, you know? Yeah. But look at Victor at the same time with the freaking advice and... I know. You know, motivational speech here. Being a good dad here, Victor. I, I, I like it. I know. Keep up really the good work. Really caught me off guard. <laughs> Seriously. So, now we are in the manor and it's the nighttime and they're in the living room and Phoebe is looking through the book and she finds something and is like, gotcha, and looks at Sleeping Prue, who is on the couch. And then it cuts to the woods where we see TJ's bike is parked and him and Prue are by a tree and she's sitting on top of him. And TJ's like, how'd you get away from the cops? And she's like, you know, I don't really want to talk about that. I mean, I'm here now. That's all that really matters, right? And he's like, yeah, but for how long? She's like, do you care? And then she starts opening his jacket and he's like, well, I did crash your sister's wedding and I am harboring you from the cops. She's like, and I appreciate that. He's like, I mean, we're definitely past first date behavior here. And she's like, so then why are you still talking? And he's like, Prue, I don't need much, but I need you to know one thing. Or I mean, I need to know one thing. Are you going to take off on me again tonight? And she's like, you know, I hadn't really thought about it. I mean, for the first time in my life, I'm free. So I'm sort of just living moment to moment. Is that okay? And he's like, I'm cool with that. And then she leans down and they start kissing. And then she's like, oh no, not now. And gets up and runs to a tree and starts holding it. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm free. I'm not going back. I won't let. And then she astral projects back out. Interesting here. You know, I, this whole dynamic between them, it makes me wonder because they're starting to have this like real connection that I'm kind of vibing with. Are we ever going to see TJ ever again? <laughs> I wonder. It's very huh. much giving like kind of like there are other scenes together, like that fantasy, like it's somewhere between being real and like very fake. Right. Which, I mean, would make sense being that it stems from kind of her conscious and like the dream world. Or, I mean, her yeah. subconscious. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, like, again, it's that very, like, free, like, sexy type of Prue that we don't get to see. So it's interesting to see her character this way. And the way she, like, again, this is the moment I was mentioning where she goes to, like, run to hide before she astral projects out. Yeah. And the way she's, like, really clinging on to this moment and not wanting to let go of the astral self. Right, Exactly. Then we're back in the manor in the living room and Prue's hugging the air and she's like, no, I will not let you take me. And then she looks around and sees Phoebe standing there and Phoebe's like, nice spell, huh? She's like, how dare you? She's like, how dare you? You destroyed Piper's wedding along with Piper. Now, Prue, I don't know what's going on with you, but you've got to pull yourself together. And Prue looks at her sleeping self. She's like, I'm out of here. And Phoebe gets up and grabs her shoulder then Prue knocks her over and, like, grabs her neck and tells her she can't stop her and she's not going back. And then Phoebe throws her into the couch and Prue points to herself and says, she is all about duty and obligation. Well, not me, all right? I want to be free. I want to find love. I want to have a life. 
And that moment really made me think about how like all season we were kind of talking about this back and forth in Prue's character where it's like one episode she wants a boyfriend, the next episode she wants nothing to do with men and only cares about demons. I'm like, ooh, maybe it was on purpose and leading up to this moment because I've been kind of like, I think they just don't know what to do with Prue's character. Yeah. But now I'm questioning if it was actually intentional. I could see that, especially for a moment like this, where we're finally seeing, like, there really is this push and pull within her character. Yeah. But anyway, so then Phoebe's like, well, Prue, you have responsibilities, whether you like it or not. She's like, don't talk to me about being responsible, Phoebe. You were not very responsible when you went and fell in love with a demon. Phoebe's like, you have got to let this coal thing go, okay? You can't stay mad at me forever. She's like, I'm not mad at you, Phoebe. I never was, all right? She was. I was rooting for you. She's like, okay, now you're scaring me. She's like, you risked everything for love, just like Piper and Leo. I dream of having that kind of freedom, but instead I get stuck watching my sisters live my dream. And then Phoebe realizes that her astral stealth comes from her dreams. She's Prue's id, the inner desire, and regular Prue is the ego, the control factor. And Phoebe says, I think I understand. The sacrifices you've made for us over the years, they made you suppress your inner desires. And Astral Prue sits down next to real Prue, and Phoebe tells her that she can't devote all of herself to the Charmed Ones. It tore her apart, literally. And she's like, is Piper very mad at me? And Phoebe says, she'll get over it. You want to know why? Because we're okay now, Piper and me. We've both got passion and purpose in our lives, and you gave us that. Prue says I did she says you took care of us and now it's time to take care of you and Prue Astral projects back into herself and then wakes up and thanks Phoebe for everything then she looks at the damage she caused and feels really bad and asks if it's too late to fix it just then all the lights go out and the police burst in and tell them to freeze and then they arrest Prue what a scene a lot going on here <laughs> where do we start so, first of all, I mean, I love the whole Prue and Phoebe here when she first comes in and she's very much like, no, no, I'm free, I'm free this, I'm not doing that. And the the fight scene going on between them where Phoebe's trying to tell her, like, you have responsibilities, that's not something you can avoid. But this side of Prue is trying so hard to fight for freedom and fight for, I mean, just that in general, you know, a side that she never got to really enjoy. And I mean, it almost seems like they were subtly hinting towards that earlier, too, when Patty first showed up and was telling her, like, you never really got to be you. You know, you, you had to protect this family. You had to it's been so hard on you. You had to do it all. It almost seemed, again, like a subtle, like, foreshadow towards this moment where we see, like, Prue, the girls don't need you now. Not don't need you, but they don't they don't need you to fight for them so hard anymore. Like, you have to find like no one can do that for you you have to find that inner balance within yourself yeah and it brings me back literally to the pilot when phoebe says to prue i don't need a mom anymore i need a sister like yeah. phoebe and piper are grown up it made me think of that too it did yeah and i love that you know and i think that as much as prue realizes that it's still hard for her to completely grasp it you know yeah because a big part of her personality, and it's in her sisters too, is being a caretaker. 
Yeah. But she, as the oldest, has taken on so much more of that role that it's so much harder for her to let go of it than it is for the other two and to focus on herself and to let herself want to be happy. And I think part of it stems from the hardship she's faced in love. Um, I think that that's something because I think we've seen Prue struggle a lot with relationships in general and being open in general. Um, So that's damaged her romantic relationships as well. But also the fact that she's always going to put family first and she has to find someone who's going to understand that. Like, obviously, Leo's someone who's very understanding of that. Cole's someone who's going to have to learn to be more understanding of that. Yeah. And like us seeing that whole part of her that's like, I was never mad at you. You know, that side of her was the one who was more protective and wanting to make sure everything's safe. Like the more freedom side of me was thinking like good for you you know like to be able to have that reckless behavior and have that kind of like forbidden fun love that Piper and Leo get to share that Cole and Phoebe get to share that Prue's never really gotten to experience you know she never got to have that type of fun and that type of romance and that type of freedom and yeah it's finally all coming out here you know yeah the closest thing I think we've ever seen Prue have to that was with Bane and that was very short-lived right And then, of course, Phoebe, like, acknowledging to her face, like, you gave us, like, I know that you wish you could have that, but both sides of you are what gave us that. And now it's time for you to kind of do that for yourself and, like, finally getting her to realize and astral back into herself and be that perfect combination of both. And then, of course, the whole police bursting in and, of course, arresting Prue. Couldn't couldn't let a good moment last too long in this show yeah but that was so over the top (laughs) i know like oh you're gonna cut the lights and everything just the swat team shows up at their house i know they act like she killed the president like (laughs) like fucking relax (laughs) (laughs) fucking sent every single officer every single swat officer and all of a sudden san francisco has a police force of more than two (laughs) (laughs) of more than (laughs) daryl that's hilarious so then we cut to the police station and we see Prue getting her mugshot taken and then getting taken into the interview room to wait for the inspector. And she looks at her reflection and she's like, this is all our fault. Talk about both sides of her. <laughs> but, you know, I wonder which side of her said that. Well, it was obviously the regular her because the regular her is back in control. I guess but the fact that they included that almost made it seem like there was something to think about there maybe maybe i didn't see it that way but i I get your reading now that you're saying it because why else did they really include that after she came to this whole conclusion of like oh i get it we're good you know like yeah i think part of it is she's like still mad at her astral self and herself for like driving herself to need to create that subconscious life yeah that's what i kind of figured it would be more like yeah yeah like how did I let it get so bad that I like how did I not see this sooner you know that I needed this so then we're at the biker bar and Leo and Daryl walk up to Cole and tell him that Prue was arrested and they're running out of time and Daryl's like Leo says you found the killer and Cole's like found a killer he's like you mean you don't know what are you gonna do ask him and then The biker bartender, whatever we want to call him, looks at them and then goes outside and Cole's like, that's a good idea. 
Why don't you meet me out front in five? And he gets up and goes. Then outside, we see that guy smoking. And Cole walks up and stands next to him and is like, is that the spot where they found the body? And the guy's like, who are you? Cole's like, I'm here to find out what you know about the murder that took place here last night. He's like, why don't you show me your badge? Cole's like, oh no, I'm not a cop. I'm a fortune teller. And I predict you're going to give me a confession. He's like, you're a funny man, huh? Why don't you excuse me? And he starts to leave, but Cole grabs his shoulder. And then the guy pushes Cole to the ground and pulls out a switchblade. And Cole gets up and they're kind of like circling each other. And the guy like tries to stab him. Cole's like, I guess that's the knife you used on the victim when you found him unconscious, right? He's like, you want a closer look at it? And takes another swing. And he grabs Cole and they're fighting over the knife. And Cole says, one more chance. Confess to the murder and go to the police. And the guy's like, or what, huh? And Cole morphs into Balthazar and is like, or deal with me. And he has his hand on the guy's face. And that's when Daryl and Leo walk out and see this. And Daryl pulls his gun. But Balthazar turns to them and is like, I think he's ready to talk. And Daryl puts the gun away. <laughs> I fucking love this whole scene. Like, that was great. Um, I do have to say, though, like, with the whole killer thing, why, like, you found this guy unconscious and just like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to stab this guy over and over again. Like, what? What happened there? Why did you just randomly stab some guy that was unconscious? Like, that's yeah, like, like what was the backstory there? Like, it's a I little know, weird. Like, did you have a history with this guy? Like, there's got to be something. You didn't just walk outside and decide to kill him. Like, and like, also, if you're a killer, isn't like part of the fun, like, killing so like if they're already unconscious like doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose of killing yeah like it doesn't make that much sense to me because like i don't know i only know really like horror movies and like serial killer stuff i've seen but like i feel like they like enjoy their victims being like upset and stuff like it's like yeah that's a big thing and if not like that's pretty much how it is like Either you're a killer based on some sort of urge you have and some sort of like fucked up desire in your own mind, or you kill for a purpose, like initiation to a gang, or you know, someone tried to hurt you and you kill them, or like you're just like, you know what I mean? Like, usually yeah. something or like someone irks you and like tempts you, and then you just go for it. Like, it's not usually just like a this guy's oh, just here's an unconscious it. body let me just stab it yeah like I'm, that's not really how it ever happens in real life like it didn't make that much sense but you know us plot's sake plot's sake <laughs> <laughs> um but i did love the way cole went about this whole thing and then like the way he turned to them and was like i think he's ready to talk as Balthazar. like that was hysterical to me <laughs> I just love the, I'm a fortune teller. I know, that was so... I predict you're going to give me a confession. I fucking love Cole. He's so funny. I love that they're using him for comedy this whole episode. Makes me so happy. Yes. But, you know, now the real killer's been found, so I guess Prue's going to get freed. Yeah. So then we go back to the manor and it's nighttime and the lights are still out and everybody's there and Patty and Victor put the cake topper back on the remaining piece of cake. And then Leo walks in and he's like, I don't get it. Prue should be back by now. The police have the killer. 
And Cole's like, they might have held her over for escaping custody. And then Gramps teleports back back in and says, I'm sorry, Patty. They sent me to take you back. And Phoebe's like, no, it's not midnight yet. We still have five more minutes. And Victor's like, I should have said something more to convince Piper. Patty's like, oh, you said everything. You were wonderful. And that's when Prue and Daryl walk in the front door. And Prue's like, what? Not who you were expecting? And she turns over to look back at the door and Piper walks in and she's like, okay, so what are we waiting for? And takes off her jacket and is like, don't look so surprised because Leo's all like shocked and happy. And they all go into their positions and Graham's like, it's showtime. And then Victor offers to be Leo's best man. And Leo says that he'd be honored. And then Grams makes some music out of wind chimes that um, came out of nowhere and never existed before. <laughs> and Leo creates lights above them out of orbs. And Grams performs the ceremony to unite two souls as one. And they they turn to say, I do. And, you know, talk to each other with their vows. And Leo says, Piper. Through all the tears and struggles, I always knew in my heart that we would make it here. I promise to love and respect you from this point forward as your husband, as my wife, as my lover, my friend, and my soulmate. All I am is yours. And then Piper says, Leo, you are the best thing that has ever happened to me. I was afraid that you were too good to be true, that maybe I didn't deserve someone so pure and beautiful and as loving as you are. But here we are, surrounded by the people that I love the most, and I feel so proud and so blessed to be your wife. Leo, I was born to love you, and I always will. And then they smile at each other, and Grams binds them with the cord, and they perform the chant, and then the clock strikes midnight, and they kiss, and everyone starts clapping, and then Patty and Victor look at each other all happy, and Grams blows a kiss at them, and it's such a beautiful scene. So... All I am is yours is the most romantic thing I've ever heard in my entire fucking life. Are you kidding? I was born to love you. Stop it right now. Like, why are they so fucking cute? I can't handle this. Like, I, I would can't do it. if someone said either of those things to me. That's what I'm saying. Like, these vows. Oh, my God. My whole entire heart. Don't even get me started because this was too beautiful. And it really was blew me away with this scene and you and know the whole family we... there including cole very sweet mm -hmm. and um it's just kind of cool because i feel like this is always how things kind of go for them even though it's not the way that it, they want it to be it always works out the way it's supposed to be and just kind of like that you know even though it isn't what i originally wanted i couldn't imagine it any other way kind of feeling you know yeah, it's kind of reminds me of that, like, some things don't go the way you're plan like you plan them to, but they always end up how they're meant to. Exactly. And that's just like, this show portrays that feeling between especially Piper and Leo so well. Yes, definitely. And I adore it. I love it so much. And the little, you know, Patty and Victor look. Like, there's a lot of love going around in this room right now. Yeah, and, it's, and I don't even think it's like a, you know, like, we want to be back together. It's more of a, like, look at our daughter, like, living what we didn't get to fully right. have. Like, look at, look at what, not that, like, we should be together again, but just, like, look at what our, our love created. Our love this world, yeah. Yeah, like, look at what we created with this. Like, this 
couldn't be more beautiful. And I love that. Very nice way to end this. And I feel like we don't always get a lot of happy endings in our episodes. Yeah. (laughs) So overall thoughts? Overall thoughts? I thought it was a great episode. I mean, aside from the whole like Piper and Leo wedding aspect, I never really saw like the actual big bad as like something that intriguing for me. But again, it's one of those things where going over it and seeing all the emotion behind this episode really makes it work way more than it could have. Like if it was just, you know, that is the monster of the week kind of thing. Yeah. And I really like the struggle with Prue's inner demons in this episode, which I mean, not to spoil anything, but we'll see Prue struggling with some other inner demons next episode too. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really liked seeing this aspect I wonder if we're going to see anything romantic for Prue with the rest of this season now that we know that that's a desire she really wants to fulfill in her life. Yeah, it's something I'm looking forward to seeing in her character and kind of seeing how she develops from this episode and if she finally does acknowledge that side of her like she should. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I guess the other character growth thing I want to mention from this episode is obviously we're seeing more of Cole working with the Charmed Ones. Um, So I guess that's going to be a continuing plot line. And I'm really interested to see like how his character might continue to develop and if he will turn good or not. Yeah. I mean, because we kind of left on that thought of like, okay, so him and Phoebe are getting back together, but we didn't really get any answers on how anybody else felt about that, how things were going to be from here on out and this and that, you know, like there's a lot of questions still, but I feel like we're getting a little closer to people are being more accepting of the idea of Cole, you know? And I'm looking forward to see if that stays that way, if it helps him to become good and be there for them, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Cruz's development from here, Cole's development from here, the relationship between them and their father continuing to grow, and of course, seeing Piper and Leo now as a married couple as opposed to just relationship, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a lot to look forward to, I think, for the rest of this season. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. Or you can send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com. Also, if you would like to subscribe to our Patreon, we have several monthly tiers available at patreon.com slash rewitched podcast. Either way, we appreciate you listening and hope you'll join us back next time for season three episode 16, Death Takes a Hallowell.